Hello and welcome once again back to Marketing Meanders with Sally and Sam. And now it's part two for our podcast. Anyway, I'll be quiet and I'll let you carry on and listen to our conversation. Enjoy. As you say, I, mean, I think that sums it up beautifully because it's the moments of cu- either customer delight or, cu- or, or, or just fulfillment of promise, of promises, isn't it really? It's that promise of service or product, which uh, I was going to say as well, wow, that sounds incredible, your round-the-world um, uh, uh, adventure as well. So that's a whole other podcast episode, I think, but that, that, that's brilliant. Um, just very impressed with that. That's great. But 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 uh, but equally, that as you say, that, that for me is, is it, is, I had a... Not nowhere near as exciting experience. I was picking up some furniture for my new um, house at the weekend, and had my daughter in the car, and it was a huge long um, for, from somebody nearby, a big big long bookcase over two meters long. And we've got this sort of uh, uh, an old so it's an old Mazda five battle bus. They don't make them anymore. Uh, they make more sort of four wheel drive things now. But it's a uh, you know typical sliding doors on the side. Uh, we've had it for years. I've said I'm going to run it into the ground. My sort of expectations for this is it's not a glamorous, uh, exciting car. It looks good for what it is, but it's to get my two kids in and my wife in. And then, you know, the fact you can have there's a seven-seater, you can put all the seats down, you can put a two-meter bookshelf in there comfortably and have my daughter sitting in one of the reconfigured seats. And I said to this guy, I said, oh, wow, it's great. You can get it in there. It's really good, isn't it? Because it's, it's a huge piece of furniture. And I said, yeah, it's brilliant. I said, I love this car. It's, it's been so good to me. I was yeah. going to keep it going till, till whenever. And I've bought Mazda again and again. Different types of mess. I've gone off and got a in the past like an MX-5, so completely different. You know, sort of, uh, sports. Yes, not you don't fit anything in there. You're but... lucky to get your purse into an MX-5. Exactly, I can barely fit in myself. <laughs> um, so it's it's sort of. But in terms of the brand, and I was thinking, you know, it's but it's, it's a their promise to me in terms of that model, not just the brand, but the model of car. I know it's pretty reliable. You know, you get more specification for the price. Um, it, it's it's never touch wood let me down in terms of breaking down so far but the thing is for that actual product itself that product line my requirement was really adaptable really flexible big enough but not massive it can do things in multiple multiple ways so they're fulfilling in little ways through my relationship of owning and using their product those little promises and that makes me want to as I already have I've just been a brand ambassador this weekend haven't I so and I, I will do that again and again and I think that's exactly it in my mind it's that it, it's those little fulfillments of promises. It's like that relationship, isn't it? Really, I mean, we always come back to the the humanity and the relationships, and it's it's a relationship with the brand, isn't it? Really, in in many ways, I suppose. I, I think it's 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 one hundred percent a relationship. I, I think that's every brand strives to do is is to create that content that's engaging and and builds on that relationship or starts a new relationship or um, engages and then transfers the relationship from being no to yes. So they suddenly buy into it. So you take your relationship off someone else to your brand. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's that no to yes point. That's a really good way of describing it. It's very simple and cut, cut, cuts the chase immediately because that's exactly what it wants to do. No, I'd never heard of you. I don't want to buy it. To not only, yes, I've now heard of you and I want to buy your product, but and I now want to tell all my friends. And there's, there's a competitor doing exactly the same, but you then just, which you used to me, oh, God, they were the best. They were you know amazing. And now it's going actually... No, they weren't. There's another, you know, there's someone else who does it not only better, but engages me better, makes me feel more welcome, more part of it, more engaged. I mean, Bowden do it brilliantly. I don't know whether, you know, Sam, your wife does it with, with the kids, but my wife is hooked on it. Um, not, not because, you know, it's, it is expensive, but because it's like, you know, you get a discount card after week, after week one, say 10% off, then you get one a week later, say, Oh, you haven't spent anything from the last discount. Here's twenty percent off. 
Then three weeks down the line, it's like, here's 25% off. And we've got a sale in women's wear or kids' wear. Or, you know, so their engagement with you is phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, and you have to get it absolutely right all the time, though, because we've talked before about um, the, the how important trust is in any kind of business relationship. And brands don't really get a second chance. So if you goof as a brand, then they will, people will give you up instantly, won't they? So yeah. you have to make sure that you are, abs- as you say, absolutely aware of your brand and that it's a single experience for those customers. Yeah, I, I, I think you're absolutely right. You, you only get one shot, don't you? And if you do mess up, and there are lots of brands that do mess up and they get it wrong, and then to try and claw back, you know, what they can. And then I think if they're, you know, you ask the question, why have they got it wrong? What have they done? Who's, you know, why, why is that? Why have they made those decisions? Yeah, it's probably because they haven't actually thought about it through the lens of their brand. I mean, a lot of people, when they're trying to do something new, kind of lose the their brand somewhere. They want to do something new and exciting. It's going to be this and it's going to be that. And they completely lose what exactly you described, that one thing, which is what is the purpose of our brand? Yeah, yeah. And it could be that, I mean, some companies, as they grow, there's nothing necessarily wrong with one company having two brands. So if you do feel that this that this that your new product doesn't quite fit into that brand it's probably value not to squeeze it in but to create a new brand do you think yeah i do exactly you know it goes back to the the coke you know parent brand doesn't it it owns smart water oasis you know lots of other brands which are standalone businesses and brands that have no there's no sign of coca-cola company on those at all anywhere nobody has the. it's interesting i think we have to you have to remember constantly and stupid is a very pr- pr- um, wrong word, but how stupid your customers are. They have no idea that, you know, Ariel is exactly the same company as Purcell. And it's probably exactly the same product. But, you know, never mind. They've got two really strong brands there that have two very strong brand families. And it's a bit like the, um, I, I can't remember, it was a couple of years ago now, when I think they did a panorama on L'Oreal face cream. You know, they did a L'Oreal face cream costing, I don't know, 80 quid a pot and then they did a super drug version of 80 quid a pot and it was exactly the same coming out of the same factory and they couldn't understand how l'oreal was charging this much and super drug or whoever it was boots was charging this much number seven and it was all about this you know and again this is where brands sometimes get it right get it wrong but they kind of because they're a big brand they feel like they can charge more because they want to have the brand logo and they want to be seen with that brand for that because you're buying the brand, you're absolutely right. Whereas you probably wouldn't go with a big super drug um, <laughs> badge on saying, I use super drug would probably not be part of your brand kudos. Yeah. And it might just be that actually, it's, you know, that's where there's that grey area, isn't it? Of, of, of brand and, and the customers and, you know, and then it goes into actually, this is why I want to use it. I actually don't care about the price. I want to use it because I want to be affiliated with that brand. I, I, don't, I, only, I only want to go and shop in Harvey Nicks to buy my lemons, but those lemons are exactly the same as the lemons in Tesco's or Waitrose or wherever they are. I, I want to be associated with shopping because the experience is better. It's I get a better bloody blah. There's a, you know, and that that runs all the way through. I've, I've used a high end shop there, but that, you know, will work all the way through. I'm sure there are people who love little but not Aldi, it's, and it's they they're, they're still and they're very carefully branding themselves, and effectively the, the your price at the end will be the same. 
But as you say, it's that experience that you're getting from them. But, but again, Aldi just been amazing, haven't they? In terms of you know they do their obviously their, their supermarket food. Then they have the aisle of you know <laughs> the aisle of of whatever it is where you can buy mm-hmm. garden furniture to swing chairs to anything. Yep. And genius bit of marketing. And what they do, it's like you walk out with stuff you never really wanted. Yep. And they're just offering more and more. They, you know, they also did something very clever with that brand because it could have become a comedy bit and you could go blood the bloody bit in the middle. And actually, they're now advertising that stupid bit in the middle. Yeah. And saying, look, you can come out with a kayak. It's exactly what yeah, you wanted. That's right. that's right. Yeah. I came in for two pints of milk and a kayak. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. People do that. My, my friend is a perfect example of that. She's walked away with a barbecue in the past. I think she has walked away with like... All sorts of things, like, you know, uh, swimsuit, uh, you know, uh, wetsuits and stuff like this. And it's extraordinary. As you say, she always said, oh, so that was my that was my special buy. But yeah. I mean, it's interesting as well because her perception of it is almost like, well, we got that barbecue. And she lives near the coast. And she said, you know, with the salty air and everything, that'll last a season. But I didn't have to pay the earth for it. And it was great that it was there. It was really convenient. I was just picking up my, my weekly groceries and there it was. And so we picked that up. And, you know, it, it's done what it, my expectations for it are set in this way. I mean, it's very complex, isn't it? As we said, we've already alluded to the fact that sometimes a brand is something you want to buy into. You want to... It's not about necessarily the comfort... So like a pair of jeans, say. It's not as much about the comfort of you wearing the jeans. You want them to, I suppose, you know, fit and be comfortable. But it's more about what other people perceive you to be because you're wearing that jean with that label on. It's not about my experience. Like my car experience, I mean, my motivations there are not about people going around, oh, he's driving a Mazda, look at that. Whoa. It's 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 about... I, my own enjoyment of that is about, you know, it's doing a rather boring job, I suppose. Whereas someone next to me I goes, well, I'm going to buy a, I don't know, a Porsche or something like that because I want to be seen to be driving the Porsche. I want to be in that club, don't you? But like with relationships, they're very complex, dynamic things, aren't they? And different, and we have, we have, I mean, that's a fascinating exercise. I'm sure someone's told me once, like, just, you know, look around you today just for like 10 minutes and look at all the brands that you have. He's looking around. All the brands that are on you, uh, are, are, are on your desk or on your table or the things you're eating, and understanding. It's almost a multiplicity of, of, of relationships you have with all these different brands, and they give you different things, don't they? And, and they mean different things to different people in your life. Um, it's, oh, I don't, I'm going to this ridiculous complexity thing now, but I, it's just interesting, isn't it? The, the interplay, of, and then the communications we get from those brands as well, but... And there's a psychology in that. There's an absolute psychology, and I think you're absolutely right. I think it's the brand psychologist that's like owning part or, or, or having something from a brand. You know, there, there are people who can't afford an Aston Martin, but will buy an Aston Martin fountain pen. So they, they, you know, they own a bit of Aston Martin. They own a bit of that brand. So they feel part of that family in an affordable way. That they can get, and that that works across everything. It's 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 the psychology of going, you know. And I just what you said. I'm looking around. I've now realised I'm not surrounded by Apple stuff as a brand. But okay, I'm a designer, so that's you know it's a design tool. But I literally go, oh my god, laptop, iPad, phone, you know, buds, you know, everything's here. I'm I'm, I'm Apple's brand guru. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and you just go, <laughs> I didn't even realise I'm doing it. Yeah, Apple. Yeah. Apple have yeah. been have been so clever with their brand that it's just, and they've got people who are prepared to queue up when they produce something new, regardless of any reviews before it's ever been reviewed. Ever gone? People are prepared to queue up for kind of like twenty four hours outside the Apple shop. 
to make sure that they get one of the first ones on sale. Yeah. So they've done something extraordinary with their brand and the level of trust behind that is immense because I can't believe that Apple computers, that they're very reliable, but I can't believe they never go wrong. But you very rarely ever hear people going, oh, that'll because my bloody Apple went wrong. It's extreme. You never hear that. And I can't believe they don't go wrong. I just believe that Apple people just go, oh, well, no, I'll fix that. It's probably my fault. (laughs) (laughs) Whereas that doesn't happen with other brands. But then your support, I suppose, as well, as you say. So if you know if it does go wrong, you're going to, I mean, like a, f- a friend of mine had a, I think it was a company car, BMW, he had for a while. And it, I was astounded. He said, there's like this light, there's an SOS button thing, which his son kept on pu- pressing. He, he was the same age as my son. He was about five at the time. He kept on pressing this button. I said, what's that? He said, oh, it's um, SOS anywhere in the world. Someone will come and find me uh, because this BMW has this feature. And then if anything goes wrong, 24 hours, there's, there's, there's a specialist engineer here doing this and doing that. And I was like, good grief. But again, something can can potentially go wrong. But if it's remedies, so again, that promise, isn't it? That promise is, is, is remedy. You're like, that's even better. The problem was reinforced my feelings about this brand even more than when I bought it and it was all pristine and nothing went wrong. It, it, it potentially, doesn't it? I suppose it's, it's that service and that continued relationship. Because that's the other thing, isn't it? As you say, people sort of... Like we said, right at the top, people have a, a, a look at a brand and a logo and they go, well, that's us, that's our brand. And, oh, we've sold this to someone. Great. There you go. And they perhaps forget, but that's not just one interaction. There's there's potent, there's referral, there's becoming a brand ambassador, there's repeat purchase, there's upselling. Do you, uh, do you think people quite often sort of forget that area element as well, when they're particularly when they're establishing themselves with new relationships with customers? Sam, you take the the adage of bank accounts and people will open a bank account, you know, when they're seven, eight, I guess, in the old days. And I'm one of these. I still have the same bank account. You know, and and it's almost like, you know, that's, and I've got others, but I I think back then there's like, you know, had a few brands and you felt there was some brand loyalty because they're all doing the same. Now with the modern digital banking, it's changed a bit and you can chop and change and blah, blah, blah. But I think people can be also kind of swayed into, into believing their brand's doing the right thing for them and black, almost brand blindness. So they're not seeing what the competition's doing. And it might be doing it a whole heap better. Yeah, but it you're too afraid a, to leave. Yeah, exactly. And they're just in, no, 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 no. I, I'm going to stay with you know this brand because it's my favourite brand and I've always had them. And they've always supported me and they've been amazing. And they go, well, yep. actually, go and look at the guys just around the corner. They're doing an even better job. No, 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 of course they're not. And it's kind of, you know, how do you then target that as well? When you go, you know, the lethargy, the, you know, the, the I'm really happy with my brand. I'm really happy with my master. I'm really happy with my, my car. I'm not going to change. But then when you've, you do change, and that's the big thing, isn't it? You go, I wish I'd, I wish I'd done this sooner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's so much more, it's cheaper, it's more reliable. Yeah. Exactly. But but it is that thing. I mean, I have exactly that thing. I come back to you, ask yourself a question. I mean, we're looking to change our other car, and you go, oh, where, where should we start? Well, I may as well start with the brand I've already got. It's another Mazda, funnily enough. And this wasn't on purpose. Again, it's like your Apple thing. I've kind of just slipped into doing this, and then you go, so where should we start? Well, we'll start there, because it's a bit of a leap. It's a bit of a leap having to go and jump into uh, you know into bed with another car brand i don't know i mean yeah, yeah, what are yeah. they like i'm sure that i know logically i'm like well there's loads of better cars and just as good cars and worse cars out there but 
that's fine. But it's almost like, again, it's a bit of a, oh, that's a bit of an effort. I have to sort of start again. It's like, it's almost like thinking, you know, you have to go and start dating again or something like that. How, <laughs> how often do people, particularly have been in a relationship for a long time, how often do they want to go off and think, oh, God. Gotta go and start dating, and oh, you know, it's it, it's almost a bit like that again. Coming back to our relationship idea, isn't it? I suppose it, it's that sort of sense in a way. Yeah, I mean, giving up um, a brand is really hard, but it also makes people. If you've got a, a community who are really loyal to your brand, it can make them price not just own price blind. So I'm prepared to pay more than the little place down the road who does exactly the same thing, but because it's got this brand on it that I've loved for all this time. So, you know, I'm, I'm actually paying much, much more than I need to pay, but because I love this brand. And that's an extraordinary bit of psychology. And that's why you need to make sure, I think, that your entire company is part of this brand because you want to make sure that the operations people understand the brand as much as the marketing people. So that you keep, you can, so that when I cut phone up and say, oh, my, my, carburetor's blown up I'm very depressed um the operations people have to make me feel as comfortable and happy and adoring my brand of car as much as um the marketing people did to sell me it in the first place so brand has got to be everywhere and consistent throughout the company I'm just saying Sally it's from sales to marketing to branding it's it's all got to be joined up and aligned so that you have the same experience at every touch point yeah, and people really don't align, do they? You you do bump into brands which have just the companies which have really not got their brands nicely aligned. Yeah, and and also I think you know you, you can look at certain brands and there's different messages across the different digital touch points that they you know and the channels and they're all saying slightly different things. And I think that's even more apparent in in small businesses, you know, where they they quickly just change something or they just want to add this and then suddenly they're off on a tangent and their customer and consumer. It, suddenly gets confused and goes, well, what, what are you? Are you this? Are you that? I, I, I kind of lost your purpose now. What, what is it you're trying to do? So then they go to their competition, which is much more aligned, refined and dedicated and simplified. And go, I've got it. I understand it. Bang, I'm going to use them. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that, that kind of level of alignment connection is really valuable and important to make sure that everything you do as a marketeer aligns with everything that sales is saying and everything that operations is saying in the back they, they've got to be the same and it's really easy when you get when you kind of lose sight of what your that brand is important and all it is is a logo and you lose sight actually no the brand is what is connecting your entire company together and then on to the customer and that's when you can as you say you you see messes it's it's almost like the I'm thinking about the Brewdog example in recent times. It's sort of you know the way they've gone. They've they've built such an incredibly strong brand, and and it's it it ha- you you the fact that they've been so successful with what it stands for, not just what it stands for to the consumer in terms of beer. It's so much more than a brewing company, isn't it? It's become so much more. It's this movement, isn't it? Effect this social movement, which is so obviously incredibly 2022 and very much in line with everything out there and what people are wanting but then you get a sort of a couple of I say scandals but you know behind the scenes information happening on the operational side and how the you know the the management have been running certain parts of their operation uh, allegedly I have to hasten to add um, <laughs> um, and um, uh, but again but that's an interesting because it undermines that feeling of 
I'm buying into this. I've got friends who's bought, you know, buys those shares you get where you get a, like a, you effectively a share in, you know, you buy a tree when you buy a certain beer. But this is where you buy shares and you get discounts and so on and so forth. Again, really, they've got a great strategy of engaging with, you know, their sort of brand ambassadors. But again, he would probably feel a bit, little bit cheated if you go, oh, hang on a second, they're not living up to what they should be doing in an operational sense. So you know, whereas how how often do you buy a beer or or any other non-alcoholic drink, whatever, in, in, in a place. And think, do you really think about how is this produced? I mean, obviously, these days, we're so much more conscious of that. And I think that's just going to keep going up and up and up, isn't it? So as a business grows, as you say, there's alignment of and all the touch points, but there's also this alignment with the, the entire operation, isn't there? About when you start to create a sort of a brand promise, you've got to be absolutely 100% that you are living that throughout because it just takes one person to say, here's a video of... You know, these guys are so environmentally conscious, yet look here, they're burning a pile of old pallets or something in the back of the, you know, the warehouse. Something totally unrelated to the quality of the product. Um, but I, know, do you, I, I think I can see that increasing and increasing. And, and it puts a huge uh, level of focus on the business to, to ensure that they're living what they're promising to, to their customers, I think, really. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I think it's, I think also people like, or it's turning around, isn't it? It's like, certainly with Brewdog, it's like, it feels like it's a, you know, a, a small local beer. It's not a big branded beer, but it is a big branded beer. So that again, they've been really clever with their marketing how they do it. it. It feels like it's just, you know, a few mates down the road brewing as a hobbyist type thing. And I think a lot of big brands are trying to start to do that to get into this like localized, you know, make it feel special, smaller than it really is type approach. So it feels that you're 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 doing it's. You're not part of a big Heineken brand or a big Guinness or you know whatever. It's 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 a little bit tighter and more conscious, and, and that goes back to what you're saying, Sam, about you know then all the all the things that go with that in terms of environmentals, the you know the localities, that you know all the things that buy into your emotions and create build up your your rapport and your your relationship with that brand. Yeah, I think it's right. I think it's all about honesty because I think greenwashing or whatever we call it is very is becoming yeah. increasingly tempting for big big brands that feel they have to greenwash themselves and that and if at the moment that bubble gets burst that really destroys that trust and that belief that people have in their in that in a brand they once trusted yeah well it's interesting actually whilst on the subject of beer and not that i'm thinking about beer all the time but i mean it was it carlsberg recently i know it's just so early still well, it's only just gone past midday i'm not <laughs> I have to calm myself down now. It's just it, it seems to be such an interesting market, doesn't it? Beer. This seems to be the place to be. But um, I think is it is it Carlsberg? I'm trying to remember. Was it recently they did that really Heineken? I think it was Carlsberg. They because um, they're based in Denmark, aren't they? Is that correct? Yeah, they did that very ominous ad. Yes, but they, they that's the thing. Recently they did this really interesting thing. We're talking about honesty. They they came out and said we got it wrong didn't they? I think they had this whole campaign saying, we're really sorry, yes. we've lost our way. We, we've gone international. And exactly what you're just talking about in terms of, we used to be a Danish you know, brewing company that tried to create the best beer or, or in Denmark and, and, and for the world. Obviously, that you know, everyone knows the whole, you know, Carlsberg, uh, if, if, if Carlsberg did whatever, it'd probably be the best of the world. But then they, they sort of said, gosh, strategically here, we've done the wrong thing. And we're being honest with you saying, I mean, you know, you could be cynical and say, Oh, what are they, is this just a double bluff? But 
I, I can't remember all the details of it, but I remember that was quite recently, wasn't it? They just said, you know, we've actually lost our way a little bit in our operations and our strategy, not just our marketing to you and our brand. We need to go back and re refine what what you know, concentrate on the beer, concentrate on. Re- and I think they launched like a original crafty beer or some or original lager pills or something like that, didn't they? I, I, but it's uh, interesting. <laughs> it's, it's it's almost like it's a. It's a trend at the moment, isn't it, that, that people like this slightly differentiation of, of, of what they're doing. They want to be seen as being different. And we use differentiation a lot. It's like, you know, that's, that's your standout. That's what you can hang everything on. But the big guys want to do it as well. It's like, you know, a car is a car is a car. What's the difference? You know, they all go from A to B. They're either petrol, electric or diesel or whatever, you know, motorised version you want, but it's still a car. So what are you then paying for? What are you buying into then with that car? Is it the fact that it's made in, you know, Germany or is it made in China or the Far East? Or, you know, is it the level of service you get? Is it, is it the smell of fresh leather that you get when you jump in a, you know, is it, is it the sound of the engine? You know, you go into, you know, these supercars and you, you speak to the guys who buy them and they go, forget the badge. It's the sound of the engine I'm after. I don't care what it looks like. It's that noise. I like that pop and, you know, and, and that roar and that growl, whatever it is. It's, so it's much more emotive than it's just about the brand itself. It, it's also interesting. It's, it, it, I don't know whether you guys, here's a question for you. Um, it's like putting on a pair of shoes, for example, that are well-made, that are your favourite pair of shoes that you love. Do you then walk a little bit taller and feel a bit better about yourself because you know you've got them on? Because you're wearing that brand. You're, you're engaging with that brand. You kind of go, you know, right, I'm in my smarts or whatever it is. I'm right, I'm now, right, I'm off. That's really true because you do. Yeah, that's, you, you know, we might be ashamed to think that, but yes, yes, I do do that. Yeah. yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah, put, yeah you, you put something on or you go, you know, and, and you, you suddenly feel a little bit, right, oh, okay. Look at me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, completely, completely. It is. It's that. It's that interaction you have, isn't it? You just think, oh, this is this, and this is something that I. It's the value, isn't it? Again, you you found your own value in in that that um, usage of, as you say, like a shoe, nice pair of shoes. You're like, oh, this feels good, and I've got a nice, you know, nice jacket on or something, and I feel ready to go for it. It's it's, it's so much um, uh, ingrained into just how we experience everyday life, isn't it? And, and and special occasions, you're going to wear that pair of shoes for that special job interview or whatever it might be because it it gives you it gives you that value doesn't it what's the brand of shoe that the ladies wear is it mules mules sounds familiar it's it's no good looking at me because i i very wear i mean to be honest (laughs) i wear wellingtons most of the time so i'm not really that elegant or uh, uh, jimmy choose jimmy choose isn't it and you know and and again you you know you go right what pair of shoes would you aspire to if you ask any you know lady or wife or whatever girlfriend you go I, I, those Jimmy Chews, I just feel like they'd be, you know, special. And like handmade to me and they're crafted and there's, you know, you've obviously got the name behind it. And But if Jimmy Chews suddenly started doing something else, which they haven't done, I don't think, but I don't think they'd be that same, you know, they've just kept true to what they do, which is shoes. That's true. That's absolutely true. Yeah, they don't, they haven't decided, oh, look, let's, let's go into, um, you know, polo shirts or yeah. other things yeah just we've got this great brand let's put it on other everything else because you're right it kind of belittles it in a way wouldn't it or, or it's just too hard to kind of you know make it into a bigger there needs to be more, too much effort to make it into two or three brands working 
you know, brands do it. Vera Wang's done it with, you know, her China, her, you know, her fashion, her perfume, you know, and all the rest of it. So there are, there are obviously brands that do it and have done it successfully. But it's quite a leap, I think, even for, you know, and it goes back to this, what do you want out of your brand? Where do you want it to go? Is it going to scale? Do you want to stay niche? You know, is Brudel going to, you know, change completely or is it just going to keep doing what it does really well? I think I think this is kind of bring, bring, bringing us to the end of our conversation because it's all about being um, focused on what the brand is, how it works, where it's going, and what its um, what what its shape is, and where the boundaries of it are. Because brands aren't just bound; you can't just push them any old where. It has a shape and a boundary. It might have a sm- might be in a small box, or it might be in a big country, but it's got a brand. I mean, it's got a shape. I mean, hundred percent, and I think that. Boundary is quite interesting, Sally, in terms of like, you know, if you even get the boundary slightly wrong, where you think it is, then your brand could fail. Yeah. But And if you niche your brand even more or make it smaller, you can actually find that actually that's my sweet spot and I can make everything I want. Yeah. So there's, there was a guy in, um, a guy in Rotherham and he coated everything in gold and he became like Mr. Goldman. He was like the main man. If you want to stuff coated in gold, go to this guy in Rotherham. He was your, everything about gold. He knew it. And Rotherham, obviously, you know, not the biggest place where you've got lots of lots of rich people and all the rest of it. So he goes, actually, okay, I'm going to go to Dubai. Now in Dubai, they love gold. He ended up, now he's, he's multi-billionaire and he basically just coats everything in gold in Dubai. Where they've got a lot of money. It was a very wise brand move. So he's moved his, you know, he's, he's kept his niche, but the boundaries moved to like not from Rotherham but to Dubai. But he's still doing, he's still doing gold. He's still covering, you know, and gold plating everything. Yeah, he's just moved to a market where they've got more money. That's a, it was an incredibly good strategic pl- move. Yeah, and gold is their, you know, their colour of wealth. That's how yeah. they show that they they've got wealth is by having things in gold. Yep. So from shoes to cars to toothbrushes to Toilet roll holders to everything. Well, I know that's that'll what Sam will be doing in his new house immediately. <laughs> oh yeah, Beef absolutely. Up your brand yeah. a bit, Sam. <laughs> Definitely, I my, my my platinum wing of the house. Every day. <laughs> <laughs> that's extraordinary. Do you know what? I, I, I could go on with this forever. I just had one sort of final question because I know we have to wrap up, and I wish we didn't have to. Because I honestly. It's, it's, just go on talking all day this is great um but it was around i suppose i mean what we've already just just talked about and been talking about throughout really but i was suppose i was thinking to to listeners really if if you if you had a piece of advice andrew about you know people saying well where's my brand now you know how how do i if they're in a position i suppose thinking i don't know say say they're not quite sure about where their brand really is and, and how they want to try and build it um, and the ways in which they can through campaigns and they hear all this stuff about, I need to be interactive, I need to be on this, I need to be on that. What what would your, I, mean, I think I could probably understand where, where you're heading with this, but what would your main piece of advice be to them about, you know, how you can sort of understand where you are now and have a plan to actually, you know, move things forward uh, with your brand in the future? I would suggest that you ask your customers what they think is your brand and what you do. And you would be absolutely amazed that it won't be what you think it is. And it probably won't be what your brand actually does. That's a brilliant piece of advice. And everyone should do that all the time, actually. And also, I think be open. Lots and lots of small business owners and brands, they're they're not willing to change or not open to change or don't want to hear it. 
So I think also you have to be a little bit open-minded to it as well. You go, actually, you know, what your mission statement is or your brand messaging or what you're saying on your website isn't relevant anymore. It's not what you do. So then we need to change and update it. Fantastic. It evolves. You know, brands evolve. Everything, we evolve. Businesses evolve. Um, there's going to be far more, you know, brand engagement and how you engage with people in different ways over the next few years. So I think people are going to be more and more open to early adoption potentially yeah yeah indeed do you know i'm, I'm feeling i'm feeling another uh, podcast coming on where we actually we can an episode where we can look at you know how the ways in which to manifest your brand specifically because we've uh, uh, there's so much to talk about isn't there but i think that'd be really interesting if, if you're up for it i do so talking about you know there's some campaigns and how people go about about doing that doing this would be be fascinating to do as well but yeah so yeah love to yeah brilliant no that'd be great and i'm 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 sort of apologising, it's gone by so quickly, really. But I, I wanted to uh, also make sure people knew um, how to get hold of you, where to find you um, on on the internet or wherever, if you could let us know where people could find you if they want to you know, have a conversation. Yeah, sure. The uh, website, obviously, which is brandasylum.co.uk, uh, LinkedIn, Andrew Hancock or Brand Asylum, Instagram, Brand Asylum, um, all the social channels, as per usual not quite sorted the tiktok dance out yet so i'm not on tiktok yet but i, <laughs> I do do some stuff for clients but not personally i'm the face for radio <laughs> we'll, we'll look forward to that that uh, tiktok dance with interest uh, i think I'll, I'll be i'll be watching this space but uh, no that's great thank you so much i i um i've really really enjoyed that and uh, as i say we'll definitely have to get you lined up for another another conversation in, in, into this this rich area and uh, well yes we hope everyone else has enjoyed it as well i'm, I'm sure that sure they have there's plenty of questions to ask so um you can obviously let us know on uh, marketing meanders you can find us on facebook and twitter meanders marketing meanders meanders pod rather sorry um and uh, yeah we look forward to continuing the conversation another time so thank you once again andrew and uh, thank you sally it's all good fun and Sally, yeah. Sam, thanks so much. Really enjoyed it. It was a laugh. Thank you so much. Brilliant. Thank you. Take care, everyone. Bye for now. <laughs>